Welcome to the podcast of the Pilates Alliance of Australasia. The PAA strives to continue promoting the expansion of the Pilates method as a professional and valued healthcare and fitness discipline. The goal of the PAA podcast is to explore the many facets and layers of the Pilates industry through conversations with the community. I'm your host, Bruce Hildebrand. Welcome to the show. We're making our way forward in the 10-step client sales journey. This episode is dedicated to the attending initial sessions portion of the workflow. We have David Gunther from Pilates Can and Pilates Business in Canberra. David, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Bruce. It's a pleasure to be here with you again. I'm looking forward to this part of the workflow, David. The attending initial sessions portion can set up a great pathway for how the relationship's going to move forward with new clients. Yes, it certainly will, as long as what has happened in the previous four steps has happened correctly. As long as we've looked after our assets, looked after that client's journey so that it's been smooth, they will get to that point of attending the initial sessions. There's still a lot of work to do. We've already done heaps of work by getting them to that stage, by helping them to attend those initial sessions. But If we haven't booked the initial sessions correctly, if we haven't performed the initial sale correctly, if the presentation wasn't reflecting what's going to happen in the studio, or if we didn't get them to inquire in the first place, then we don't have those initial sessions. So today we'll talk about the initial session and how it is reflective of those other steps and certain subtleties about how to make that step for your clients as successful as you possibly can. I love the old cliche of you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. That's very pointed because you shouldn't be assuming that attending is the same as booking. Booking is one thing, but they may not attend. Even if you've gone through and done all the right things, there may be something happen where they don't attend. We've got those other four steps to get to this fifth step asset with things like session reminders, emails and texts will help make the booking turn into showing up and participating in those first initial sessions. You've got insights, David, around dealing with a no-show and late cancellations. Yes, we've all had those no-shows, late cancellations. It can be difficult. It can throw off the relationship. And that's the last thing you want at this stage. You've done a lot of work to get the client to this stage, but you haven't been able to convert them as a client. They're really still just a prospect. If there is a no-show, this is where your cancellation policy really comes into play. We did give the example last time of what we use in our studios with three free early cancellations, even if they're late cancellations, because the last thing you want to be doing with the person that's cancelled or no-showed, who is a prospective client who might be paying you $5,000 over the next year and $50,000 over the next 10 years, is to have a discussion about the excuse that they had to go to the dentist or something happened with their elderly parent or a child. The conversation can just be, look, no problem. That's the first of your late cancellations or a no-show in this case, which we're going to turn into an early cancellation for you. So it doesn't count. We'll just rebook that for you and we move along. If they do that three times, they use all of their free sessions. Then the fourth time they're paying for that And you might be managing them out of being a client with you because perhaps they're not ready or perhaps that whole education process is working to the point where they come around and they do respect your time. 
they respect what they're trying to do for their body. No matter what your cancellation policy is, very important that it's well communicated by your instructors as well as by your admin team and all of these assets that you have around that. The thing that springs to mind for me, David, is what I learned from a mentor many years ago is the process from hello to money in your pocket. I like that little cliche because it talks about the steps we've done in this series thus far, everything that prepares your client to putting money in your pocket, attending their first session, and the relationship can build from there. Yes, it can. From the cancellation policy, we come up with these other assets like the session reminders, but the main asset is actually your instructors and the experience the client has in your studio because it needs to reflect very accurately the promise that has been made to the prospective client from day one, from that advertising piece that brought them to their inquiry and then through the sales process. We can't be over-promising, but we are promising for our sort of Pilates a life-changing experience because that is actually correct for many of our clients and what they're really looking for. So that needs to be reflected in all of the things that they would expect of a good experience. We always talked in our business team about exceeding expectations of the client. So in the first instance, really getting a sense of what their expectations were. And in this case, you're talking about having a life-changing experience. So I could imagine that would exceed the vast majority of clients' expectations. Yes. And coming back to that cancellation policy, that's our way of exceeding their expectations because they're usually a little bit uncomfortable with the fact that they had to cancel a no-show and they've then found that, oh, actually these guys are flexible and they've been able to cater for that. But hey, I need to fit in with this culture as well. They've got their act together. Part of having our act together is making sure that the instructors know what is happening on the admin side and the admin know what is happening on the instructor side because the instructors are the core of the service. They need to make a fantastic connection. The instructors have an area of genius that we want them to be able to concentrate on and spend time on so that they don't have to be having conversations about admin with the clients only to that point where they're reflecting what the policies are and pointing the client in the right direction in terms of getting assistance from the admin team, depending on how your business works, of course. You might be the whole of the admin team, so that's a different situation. One of my other mentors also mentioned the acronym SUCKS, S-U-C-S. He said that most customer service sucks, but if you could provide superior, unexpected customer service, then that's the type of customer service that you really want to provide. We're in a really good position because we've got a very personalized service and expectations from our prospective clients can actually be quite low because of what they've experienced, say, with a telecommunications company or the energy company where they're speaking to a robot and spending 10 minutes just trying to connect. So when they come into a studio environment like ours and they're going to get wonderful results, it's very personalized, friendly, happy, positive. Those clients, they're going to become part of that culture. And that brings me to another point. What type of sessions do you do with the clients initially? New clients need to be treated differently to clients that may have been coming along for six months or six years. At Pilates Can, and this is just an example, everyone has a different model. 
We have two private sessions initially leading on to semi-private. We call that privates to semis with a plan. And the plan is their program if they are continuing on to the semi-privates. And we find that's a really good process for us. So I'd recommend it to others to give the client a taste of it and give the instructor the ability to use other assets like health screening assessment tools and then eventually writing a program if the client is continuing on with the semi-private sessions. It's not worth writing a program for a client who thought they were coming along to CrossFit or something like that and then found that they're coming along to a high-quality Pilates studio with the type of culture and objectives that we have. If someone isn't doing semi-privates and they want to do some mat work, we don't want them coming straight into a class of people that have been there for six months, six years, know the method and have progressed because they're not going to have that ability to join in. They've said that they'll be right for mat work, but when they get into that beginner mat work course, they're not. And they're going to hold back other people in the class because the instructor needs to spend more time with them. They're going to really need some more personalised attention through privates and semi-privates. So the type of beginner classes and how you deal with beginners will determine the experience for them. And that initial experience needs to be excellent so that they want to continue on with what you offer. If you've had those conversations earlier in the 10-step client sales journey, that situation of having someone inappropriately in your classes is much less frequent. Yes, because being a group environment, we've got other valuable clients in these sessions. They're valuable to our businesses, valuable to our culture, already part of our culture. If someone's coming in and affecting the culture negatively, then there needs to be education with that new client or they may need to be managed out. If you've built a strong culture with instructors that get it, then you're building the same sort of culture with those clientele. What you want that new client to do is to get to this next step to move on from the beginners to do something more long-term, and that's where you're going to be profitable. You're not making much of a profit from your initial sessions, but it's when you're getting someone to book for the next year ahead through a direct debit. But we'll talk about that next time. For now, though, with this process of having initial sessions, we've found many advantages from having team teaching having two or three instructors. One may be a student instructor who can help out here or there with supervision, but two experienced instructors working together. One might have three booked in, one might have two. You've got a studio space that's big enough. That can really help in a number of ways, giving the client more of a view of your talent pool with your instructors, that you've got different types of instructors. They're all very good at what they do, but they've got different personalities and they'll connect differently with different clientele. So that can be good because whilst one client might not link in well with one of your instructors, then they might link in better with somebody else. It also means that you can share the load between instructors. Say an instructor is going to be sick or on holidays, then it does make it easier to change sessions around and still give continuity to create that excellent Pilates exercise habit for the clients who want to come along to a Pilates session. They would prefer to see the instructor they normally see, but if that instructor's not well or is away, then they know they can still come same time, same place. There might be another instructor that's filling in for their instructor, but it does give them that feeling that they've got more to choose from, and that does help. It certainly takes a lot of management on your behalf, a lot of overseeing, 
to make sure that team is in place, connected and working together. Claire is the main one that oversees that in your business structure. Yes, Claire leads that team with a combination of culture, which comes from our values. We're always working on that. That doesn't just come. You need to be having conversations about what we're trying to achieve as a business, as well as what individual instructors are trying to achieve with their instruction so that we're all on the same page. So that is very important to have a good handle on how that works for sure. In the context of the broad range of listeners who are going to be tuning into this episode, everyone's going to have their own model. Our objective through this series is to present one of many possible models and speak to the range of assets which will apply in many different settings to different situations. Yes, and we're happy to provide Pilates Can as what we think is a very useful model. But if that's not the sort of things that you want to do, it will still stimulate ideas around the way you want to do it for your studio or your business. And you'll have an example there with continuous improvement over 20 years. We've put a lot of work into what we do and how we do it. We've tried many different things that haven't worked or haven't worked in combination with what we do. Moving on to other things that help with this particular step five, the turning up to initial sessions. The email workflows are important if you've got them, if you're at that level of sophistication, reinforcing that consistent messaging that you've been putting out in all of those other steps. That excellent Pilates exercise habit is something that we emphasize throughout all of the steps as that's the goal, that's the process that they'll need to be achieving so that they can get the results that they're looking for. They don't just get from, I want to have a back that functions properly to having a back that functions properly. They've got to create that habit. So that's why we reinforce that. We also want the instructors to be able to focus on that Pilates magic on their zone of genius. We don't want them getting involved in the admin. This is our model. There are obviously many other models. But one of the ways it works with these initial sessions is that it means the instructor can concentrate on what they're best at. They can reflect and reinforce what the policies are. And that is a really good look because the opposite, if your instructors are not reflecting what the admin has said or done, then that disconnect can lose the client at this stage. And we also talk about the homework for your clients, David. I believe you've got a policy in place. Yeah, we have processes there for rolling out homework and we get that happening early because that's going to help them achieve their results. That's creating extra value, as you mentioned earlier, providing more value than what they thought they were going to get. And then they're well on the way to becoming raving referral points for your business. The other thing in these early sessions is that we're also trying to help the client understand that it's a team effort that they have a significant share of the responsibility for their own success. We can have a beautiful studio, terrific instructors, very smooth admin, and if they don't turn up ready to contribute to that team effort, that's a problem. But it is a problem that we have solved many times. Two of the more common conversations that I have is the exclamation usually in amongst a difficult exercise where a client says, am I really paying for this? When I'm doing all the work, I say, yes, that's the nature of Pilates. And the second thing is when a client says, you're just having a nice time over there helping out a bunch of people and I'm here doing all the hard work. I said, yeah, you're the one who walks out the door with the benefits of Pilates. 
that's the nature of Pilates and that's the client being a participant in the session. They're not just there laying on the bed and coming along to get fixed. That isn't the nature of Pilates. And I think that's one of many important things to establish in the client's expectations from day one. Yeah, and having answers ready for those common exclamations so you can handle that situation. If those questions are being asked or comments are being made, they can have a negative impact on other people in the session. And it's about educating that new client, but it's also about continuous education of not only the other clients, but your instructors, because you might have new instructors that are not going to be used to those questions and not going to be as confident in terms of delivering a response that is going to reinforce, yes, you are responsible, and these are the things that we expect you will do. We'll do all of these other things. We've spent thousands of dollars on this environment, on our training, on putting together this whole process so that you can come in and do that work and enjoy this life-changing experience. And Joe Supplied is the same. My interpretation of the historical readings is he essentially poured his life into setting up this one little studio where things were run in a very specific and tailored way to do Pilates, just the way that Joe Supplied has created it. Yes. We're all at a different stage with our businesses and the sort of processes that we've put together. They're all very specific to the individual business owners and what they want to see. But if they don't get to this next stage of paying for the next lot of sessions, their second purchase that we're going to talk about next, then it's perhaps because we haven't done a lot of the things in the other previous five steps. We haven't had the assets in place. So we can work on those assets for our particular model of business that will suit us, and we can get them to this next stage that we'll talk about next, which is that second purchase of sessions to have people coming along ongoing. I think this will put a lot of business owners' mind at ease, David, when we're able to roll out what are the success steps that you put in place to optimise the opportunity for clients to become loyal, to become recurring Because like you mentioned, we've already spent the first five episodes of this series talking about that stage from go to woe, but how do you now retain the client? And that's going to be the more profitable part of the equation because there's less resources required to create that ongoing client. The cost of retaining a client is a minuscule amount compared to acquiring them in the first place. At the moment, we've gone back into lockdown in Canberra. And we've been able to bring 50% of clients online, be it semi-private or mat. And it's all due to that connection. It's all due to all of those steps along the way that we've worked hard to get it right. And to share that with other business owners so that we can help the industry improve. Many people are doing a wonderful job, but if they can pick up on any tips in the videos for free on our Pilates business website, we're looking at the surface level here. But those videos will go into even more depth. It's great to be able to share this with the listeners of the PAA, Bruce. I think it's a great value to the members of the PAA, David. So thank you for your time once again on this episode. Thank you very much. There is a membership category for every Pilates enthusiast, where the Alliance provides a wide range of information, resources and support for everything you want to know more of with Pilates. 
Help us expand the message of the PAA by sharing with your network of friends and colleagues today so that the Plytis community can continue to be a vibrant and inspiring network for everyone's benefit. You can become a member today by visiting the links in the show notes. For existing members, join us on the PAA Member Forum Facebook page where you'll find an ongoing supply of resources and conversations to continue supporting you and your participation and involvement in the many levels of Pilates here in Australia. The Pilates Alliance Australasia only exists because of the contributions of the Pilates community. If there's a topic or a conversation you would love to share on the podcast, then we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Pilates Alliance podcast. Please leave your comments on the Pilates Alliance Members Forum Facebook page. Remember, for anyone who is yet to become a member, we'd love to have you put your voice forward for the benefit of progressing Pilates here in Australia.